gentlemen welcome to the end time tribune it is a blessing an honor and a privilege to be here with you tonight uh, we're going to be covering uh, aspects about uh, the biblical timeline as pertaining to the book of revelation there is uh, no more debate uh, in the bride of christ than in this one particular issue uh, but we are your host, uh, Matthew Miller and Brian Ingram. Uh, so let's let Brian uh, say hello to everybody, and then we'll just jump right into this timeline business. Brian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Um, I guess we're doing something different then. Oh, we are definitely going to cover news in the second hour, unless you want to swap it up and do the news first, and we can do chaos chronology second. Nah, let's get the chronology done, and then we'll jump into the news. Right. Uh, that's what I was thinking, but this comes special request. Uh, I had a friend on uh, Facebook that had stumbled across us, and of course she stumbled into, uh, well, she stumbled into a library, didn't she? Um, and she needed to go uh, get the reference book. I mean, where's all this stuff indexed? <laughs> because... Literally, you're talking about all of the stuff we have covered over the past six years is just absolutely phenomenal. So there's no way you could stumble across our bro- our broadcast and have uh, a real way to hook up with uh, the bullet points, so to speak, of the process. So, you know, the very first question that, that, that always – comes up, Brian. It, it 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 is inevitable. So, when's the rapture? It's always a question. There there is no other question. They want to know if you are pre, mid, or post trip. They do not even know the proper etymology to address you with. And uh, me and John Mark Gomez got into it a little bit last night, and it turned into a whole lot uh, there on the new uh, format, the Spreaker format. If you want to find us, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be uh, covering just uh, Facebook uh, discussions that spiral way, way off uh, off topic and get to be a complete exegesis on just one Facebook topic. Normally, Brian and I have stayed away from that because you always have, I want to be very lightly how I put this, uh, just people show up just to argue. Right, Brian? I mean, that's that's the only purpose that they serve. Just had this just minutes ago. Um, a poor friend of mine, uh, he posted a wonderful post. He is a, he is a mathematical uh, – Statistician, okay, Brian. 
And he just went through uh, the sign in the heavens that's going to occur on September the 23rd. And he just did the hard work and put together the odds of that happening in the heavens. And, of course, it showed up. And you and I both know what it is. I didn't say that, but, I mean, nobody really had to. So this person just come in there with these, you know, uh, uh, paragraphed responses out of books. Ladies and gentlemen, those are pre-prepared responses, okay? I mean, this thing was like uh, probably at least 300-word responses every time. And uh, so me and another friend of his, you know, was was trying to back him up a little bit. But it was just obscene. It was obscene is what it was. Um, so historically, ladies and gentlemen, we've, we've shied away from that. Well, I want to turn the tables around. We'll just turn it around. Me and Bri can we can come or we can go because we've been guaranteed this. Brian and I's blessing will come if we go out. It'll come if we go in. Doesn't matter. So I've decided to turn the tables around and uh, that Spreaker broadcast is just going to be just for uh, Facebook discussion topics because it, it is a very good opportunity for people that don't understand things to learn. And me and John Mark Gomez got on there last night, and this is all what it comes to, and people don't realize this, that whether you like it or not, ladies and gentlemen, the children of Israel went through all ten plagues. Right, Brian? Or am I wrong on that? <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, they went through all ten plagues. And they did not, in any course of events, suffer any wrath at all. Not any. They were untouchable. So the event that really splits this timeline in two needs to be looked for, that event, of course, is the crossing of the Red Sea, where God strangely puts into the text three times that the walls were, that the water was standing up like walls on both sides. You're supposed to look for that event in the book of Revelation when that happens. That will be the dividing event. That's when you are taken to a place that's been prepared for you by God, just like he himself said. So uh, just because the wrath is going on doesn't mean it's you're going to be touched. That's not what the text says at all. <laughs> it, it never said that, actually. So, uh, Brian, your comments on just what I've said so far. Because it's, it's really kind of strange to me that anybody would think anything different. But what's your thoughts on it? Thoughts on which end of things here? You brought up a whole lot there quick. Um, you touched well, I was just wondering. On the statistical. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just wondering if you thought that uh, – the children of Israel were enduring the wrath that was displayed upon Pharaoh during the ten plagues. What well, throughout specifically the very last one when the blood is upon the doorpost, they don't endure that one, so no. It doesn't state that they went through those. Not altogether too much. 
when you've got Avarice or Goshen, whichever you prefer to call it, where they were protected through the time frame. That's right. So they didn't... God's wrath was not poured out on them. I mean, even we have, with the darkness, it says that the light shone where they were at. So it just astounds me when these people come up with this as a divider in everybody's mind. Uh, it, it, it astounds me. But, uh, yeah, you wanted to talk a little bit about those uh, statistics, I guess? Go right ahead. Well, I was just going to point out it was rather interesting that you know, the work that he did on that, bringing in the fact that it goes over uh, right over the top of Israel while it's taking place and all the way through it. You know, we've had um, similarities with signs that were very close to that. And, of course, you're going to have that, um, you know, over the course of the next few years here, you're going to have that similarity of that sign showing up. We had one back in, uh, I believe one of them was in 2012. And we have another similar one. I can't remember if it was 2011 or when it was, but we had a string of them that, you know, had similarities but weren't quite as, uh, how do you put this, in its fullness is the one that's coming up here in September. Yeah, the one that the one that is coming up in September, ladies and gentlemen, it creates a perfect urea crown. Creates a perfect urea crown right on her head. When she's closed with the sun standing on the crescent moon. It's absolutely amazing. The The moon is crescent toward the sign of the bride in the heavens, and she's actually standing upon it. It is most wonderful to, to behold. It's just too bad that something had to show up to ruin that great lesson discussion. It was just going on just minutes ago, but I don't know. I just refreshed the page, and... Um, Whatever it is that had showed up had been eliminated from the page. I don't know if that uh, that thing had blocked me on on Facebook or maybe um, my friend that was running the post just deleted her comments. I don't know. But in either event, it was most apropos uh, to get that crap out of the way. Um, just absolutely nodding, you know, uh, hating the fact. Uh, that God's children were going to learn anything from this, absolutely disdain and despised it. And like I said, I think I've put that most appropriately. I, I didn't say somebody. I said something. And there's only one thing that that could be, but that's that's beside the point. So ladies and gentlemen, we have to look for an event in the book of Revelation that is just like the water standing up like walls on both sides. This was the dividing event. We also need to take into consideration that uh, things happened in the 40 years of the wilderness that makes absolutely no sense. How did their clothes not wear out? Why was it that they had to eat manna? Because when they did get to eat meat and God sent the uh, birds and they ate them, of course, plague spread. So you can infer one way or the other that they couldn't, in fact, eat anything else. And people have been sending me privates, Brian. Uh, now they realize that that one that the uh, one hundred two or one thousand two hundred sixty day sequence has something mathematically to do with a forty year time span. And the only ones that came through that 
of course, was two, Joshua and Caleb. Two witnesses came through that. You can plainly see that, and of course we see that, ladies and gentlemen, that's how the book of Numbers starts. starts out with the numbering, and it gives you very specific information about ages there, too, right in the first few verses that John Mark Gomez and I didn't cover last night. But it gives you a, an age there for who is to be counted and who is not to be counted, and that's exactly what you have in the book of Revelation. Exactly. We are reminded uh, right from the beginning uh, of that sequence of events, ladies and gentlemen, that those who uh, are at the altar in heaven, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't you know how they got there? Well, they died. So a Orthodox Jewish person that reads the book of Revelation, they have just instinctive insight into this because this has been drilled into their heads. They know full well why those people are at the altar and they are not in Hades. Now, let us remember that you have to say Hades just like it is, because yes, you can be separated out into that special place called paradise in Hades, no doubt about it. The Word of God is very clear that there is a guff of sorts that separates those that are with Abraham and those that are not, makes itself perfectly clear. But these, they're special. They did not die of natural causes. They are the exact opposite of all of the rebellious children of Israel that died inside that 40 years. They are their exact opposite. And if you're an Orthodox Jew that's never read the New Testament before, you see that and you know exactly, exactly why that event must take place. Do you realize what's going on here? Now, let's… Let's read this, ladies and gentlemen, from Revelation chapter 6. Uh, let's start out with verse 9. The Lamb broke the fifth seal. I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God, because of the testimony which they had maintained. Now, and I want you to realize that he just gave you a quite time-specific group here. This group... In Revelation chapter 12, this exact description is given for the rest of her children. So you're supposed to put that in your heart just like Mary did whenever Jesus was found in the temple after three days completing the sign of Jonah. That time anyway. It's an isochronal event. It states quite plainly that from that time forward, Jesus obeyed them, and he grew in stature and wisdom and in favor with God and men. You're supposed to see all of these things because when you go back to the book of Numbers, well, we'll, we'll cover that here in a minute. But anyway, let me, let me continue. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? This is the exact opposite. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to realize that all prophecy is not only isochronal, it is also either a shadow or a silhouette. 
Guys, this is the exact opposite thing. An Orthodox Jew that reads this sometimes will be provoked to tears when they realize it is the exact opposite of what happened to them in the 40 years. Let us continue. And there was given to each of them a white robe, and they were told that they should rest a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed even as they had been would be completed also. Ladies and gentlemen, those people that are going to get numbered is just the very next chapter. He just told you that. He just told you that the next number that you see is going to be those that are worthy to get a get out of Hades free card. They don't go to paradise. They're they're martyrs. He just told you that. So the next thing you should be looking for, ladies and gentlemen, is something that's going to separate you from that wrath. You should be looking for it. It should be staring you right in the face. Just take note that on the other side of the 40 years in the wilderness, of course, they had to cross the Jordan, did they not? So you're supposed to keep all of this in mind that this is an isochronal event. But the next event describes it quite plainly. And not only that, it says that every person on the earth receives supernatural information. That's what it says. There's no body claiming that God doesn't exist on this day. You realize that, right? Lottie Dottie, everybody on the face of the planet knows it is the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. And who is able to stand? So you have to realize that all the good things that are going to happen to the woman as she is taken into the wilderness, the exact opposite thing is going to happen to everybody else. And that's why when you continue reading, you hear that eventually it is so terrible. They gnaw their tongues and wish they could die, but God laughs at them and tells death to flee from them. This is the worst judgment of all, ladies and gentlemen, if God just don't let you die. This is where the whole concept of zombies come from, ladies and gentlemen. That comes straight out of the Bible. So, from this point forward, it's it's not really hard to figure out what's going on. But, Brian, I am well aware that back when I met you, um, ladies and gentlemen, there's no sense for us to mince words about it. Brian asked me the same question, asked me the exact same question about the rapture. But when do you – what's your position on the rapture? <laughs> and so does everybody else. They always do. Well, I mean, we should point out, too, at that stage, I'd already came to my own conclusion, and everybody around here pretty much thought I was nuts that I concluded there was no such thing. So, (laughs) it was one of those uh, interesting times in my life, that was for certain. Well, tell me, Brian, you just said you come to that conclusion by yourself, so you didn't get this teaching 
off of, uh, I don't know, the Internet? You didn't figure this out off the Internet? You figured this out from the Bible? Yep. I sat down and read through uh, all the different prophetic texts, basically uh, blocking out everything I had ever heard. And by the time I got done, I just sat there shaking my head going, okay, I'm seeing about a thousand uh, maybe a million different things that are in stark contrast to what they've been teaching over the years. That's right. That's right. It It, it is in stark contrast because all those things are new, Bri. They're new. Well, I mean, all those things have... Finish up. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to state the biggest thing, I mean, especially since we're covering the timeline, that is going to be the first and foremost thing you're going to notice, no matter how you try to slide these little timelines into place, throwing in the um, infamous event that everybody is so, you know, asks about or is concerned about, you can't make a timeline work no matter what you do. It's just every single time, you know, depending on whatever view is used, it just does not compute no matter what. That's right, it doesn't. And uh, on Facebook, by the way, I I posted a timeline, and people didn't really appreciate the simple fact that they called the four writers evil. They called them evil. And what's even more funny is they said that Elijah came back on this timeline and not only told everybody to flee, but where to flee for and how long they had to flee. It, it was absolutely comical. It, it was – well, it was sad is what it was. It was really sad. Uh, but um, let's, let's talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a way you can know where you're at. That, that's certainly for sure because – those four writers, they are the four craftsmen that's in the first chapter of Zechariah. And if you give this uh, – if you give the seven seals, most particularly the first four, if you give them to a sociologist – and I've done this in an institution of higher learning in the sociology department, the head of the sociology department. I said, tell me, what, what will this accomplish? All of them that I gave it to had the same exact response. Well, this is going to make the global system fall apart, most illicitly the trade, because, of course, the sociologists know all about the simple fact that the world absolutely depends on the global trade. They said, yeah, it's history. You can't do it with this. First thing they said. So, ladies and gentlemen, you, you have to realize that that's why Zechariah calls them craftsmen. They are unleashed to prevent the ten kings from establishing a new world order. That's why you hear me say this sometimes when people get confused and ask me questions about it. What is the never was ordained? Ladies and gentlemen, that is the same acronym. N-O-W, never was ordained. It can't be ordained. It can't be. Why? This is also an isochronal event with the election of King Saul. God's going to say, all right, 
You want your king. You want your one world government. You want your new world order. I'm going to give him to you, and I'm going to shove him down your throat. And that's exactly what happens between Revelation chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 14. He shoves King Saul down their throat. So this is why, because we know full well, Brian and I have discussed this many times, even the Club of Rome released their world that had been divided up into ten regions in 1973. And they did so, of course, ladies and gentlemen, that was right around the Six-Day War. Does everybody even know their – yes, there was a war in 1967. There was also a war in 1973. God said no. <laughs> He is not going to let them establish a new world order. Something provokes them. You understand that this is real Bible prophecy right here. What is the instigating event that would cause these ten kings to burn their golden egg? This is a question. Now, when we look at What's going on in the world right now? Ladies and gentlemen, everyone knows that the new world has been set up to be the consumer base for the rest of the world. Everybody knows that. I mean, Brian and I shared with you the mainstream news article just a few weeks ago. You take the new world, and we are well over one-third of all consumable goods consumed on this planet. So something happens to disrupt this Silk Road. Something happens to that golden egg. And of course, God tells us exactly what they do. He puts it into their heart to burn Mystery Babylon. But until that time, they are harassed by those four craftsmen that you know to be seals one through four. All the sociologists know this. <laughs> they, they know that's what is going on. You cannot establish a new world order with the events described in those first four seals. You can't do it. It can't be done. So with that in mind… Please know and, and understand that when you take the parallel apocalypse, which is – that's what it's called academically, is the parallel apocalypse. It's found in the book of Isaiah. This is why Isaiah chapter 24 has been written because he wants to give you all the full mill deal details about when he stands up and lottie dotty everything stands up with him. He wants you to know what goes on. He wants you to know. That's why he's already warned you previously before Revelation chapter 6 that you're going to be tested for 10 days. He's expecting you to know what that means. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you, you need to try to wrap your mind around how time works. Look at it this way. I hope that everybody realizes why there's 24 hours in a day. I'm not trying to insult you. 
that is based upon our revolutions per minute, ladies and gentlemen. That's how fast we're spinning, not how fast we're going through the heavens. It's how fast the earth spins. We divide that by 24 because that is also an integer of our path through the heavens, our orbital path, which also has a velocity that is constant. In Isaiah chapter 24, he tells you most illicitly that your RPMs or your rotational speed is going to go awry. Not only that, he tells you your orbital path is going to go awry. He tells you point blank that the earth staggers in her path. He's expecting you to know that. This is why Numbers starts out the way it starts. You're supposed to realize in your mind that these two groups are given, and last night on air, Brian, you would have loved it because John Mark Gomez just kept right on reading. He read Revelation chapter 7, and then he read Revelation chapter 14, and he didn't make a break. Nobody said anything. They didn't even realize what he was doing because it flows naturally. And if you do that, ladies and gentlemen, see for yourself. Because between those two chapters is nothing but absolute chaos chronology. That's why you're told when the bit, when the abyss is opened up, how long does that event take? It's five months, ladies and gentlemen. That is directly tied to when time went crazy the first time. That's the flood, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's the flood. The Bible uses two different integers to describe this event. The Bible says it was five months. It also says it was 150 days. No, that's not possible on our calendar. At most, you can only get 848 days because, ladies and gentlemen, our months don't have 30 days in them. God keeps the witness faithful by way of what you know to be lunar standstill. I posted it today on Twitter. I suggest you look it up. Yeah, it's real. Lunar standstill is real, and that's how the faithful know to keep time. But anyway, in any event, ladies and gentlemen, if you're trying to put Revelation chapters 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 on a timeline, you can't do that. Those six chapters can't be done. Did you hear what I just said? It should have caught your attention. That's right. It's six chapters. Because during that time, God intends on undoing what he did in six days. Did You, you do know that's 144 hours, right? God was done making everything, and he said it was good after 144 hours. You do know he's expecting you to see that. You do realize this is why the group in Revelation chapter 7 is numbered differently than they are in Revelation chapter 14. Because in Revelation chapter 7, he uses alphanumerics. What that is, ladies and gentlemen, is you know when you write out a check, right? In the little box, you spell it out, don't you? If the check's for $100, you write 100.00. But then on the line part, you have to write that out. You have to write 
100% right? Well, in Revelation chapter 7, he uses alphanumerics to number that 144. And then with the thousands, he uses the final sigma, which means and calculates to 666. He's expecting you to know that. So literally, when you look at it alphanumerically, it doesn't say 144,000. It says 144666. Because you're supposed to know. He just he just told you that this is the number that's going to complete the number that has been martyred. He just told you that just a few verses before. I mean, there's no way you can't get it. He's letting you know that this number of 144,000 fulfills the number that he just told you about that's at the altar in heaven. Yet, in Revelation chapter 14, he writes it out. He writes out 144,000. Now, I know a lot of you are King James only. And and I'm sorry that that's the, that's not properly done in your Bible because it could be done in English. I mean, I just told you how to do it, ladies and gentlemen. In Revelation chapter six, it shouldn't be written out. It should be. I mean, we should use in our tongue the Arabic numerals. That'd be the only way to translate what God's doing. You'd have to put a one, a four, a four, and then a zero, zero, zero. And then in Revelation chapter 14, you should write it out longhand. It should say 144,000. Then, then it could be – it could get your attention. So you're supposed to know these things, that there is no way possible the six chapters that comprises Revelation chapters 8 through 13 on a timeline. You can't do it. You're wasting your time. Now, he just mentions, he just talks about something else that is uh, going to get your attention. He tells you when the stars fall. Verse 13 of Revelation chapter 6. And the stars of the sky fell to earth as a fixed tree cast its unripe fibs when sh shaken by a great wind. Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly you're, – you're told in a parable when that happens. Ladies and gentlemen, Revelation chapter 12 – that's the reason why it's written in parable form, because it's not on a timeline. You can't. It does have a sequence, but it is not a secula. Let me explain that. A secula is a quanta of time, whether it be a day, an hour, a lifetime, a decade. But if we're changing on a moment-by-moment -moment basis our RPMs, how fast the earth is spinning… And you're changing at a moment-by-moment -moment integer how fast you're going around the sun in your orbital path. You can't put that on a timeline. It has to be given by way of a parable. Now, Brian, I hope that all the listeners realize that that's why Revelation chapter… 12 gives you the rest of the details that he just gave you in verse 13 of chapter 6. It says that one-third of the stars are swept out of the sky. He's also relating to you, of course, what most people call sacred geometry. Well, what's, what's sacred geometry? That must be witchcraft. No, ladies and gentlemen, there is proof beyond any consternation. 
Sacred geometry is when you build a building and encode it with the Earth's dimensions. Those dimensions, of course, is 21,600 nautical miles. That is how they built the pyramids. Uh, that's how Andrew Collins made his discoveries at uh, uh, his uh, real popular site that he's working on now. Because, ladies and gentlemen, with that being the case, you have to understand that's why that the 4-3-2 ratio is encoded in all of those temples. I mean, I hope I didn't just confuse you. Let me explain to you. 144 is a mathematical proportionate ratio to one-third of not only the dimensions of this planet, but the dimensions of this solar system, and we can keep going on and on for days. And this is not anything we can debate, ladies and gentlemen, because the archaeo astronomers have already proved this several decades ago. Uh, Brian, do you have anything to add to those points, more, more clarifying points or more proof? That 144 does not, in fact, equal one-third of the heavens. I hope you're not muted, Brian. No, I'm just sitting here thinking because you threw something at me. It was completely different here. Because right previous to that, you were bringing up the measure of geometry. You know, and most people don't recognize the fact that geometry was used in ancient times. It had everything to do with the measure of the dimensions of the Earth. You know, and encoded into the pyramid there, it's one, what is it, one four hundred thirty-two thousandth of a scale? I can't remember the exact number offhand. That's right. But you said it right off the top even, here. Yeah, here. Well, nonetheless, oh. even as you go in latitude and longitude, your measure actually changes its uh, distance. And they found this to be the case, you know, of going from the equator the measure that they use, you know, quote unquote, the measuring rod, it changes its length depending on the uh, latitude and longitude where that specific uh, building was placed. Right, because, well, I'll just read my tweet uh, from today. 144 is one-third of the 432 dimensions of the Great Pyramid uh, that exemplify that it is particularly accurate scale model of the Earth's dimensions, ladies and gentlemen. It is 1 to 43,200. So, ladies and gentlemen, what Brian was describing, that distance is time, and they know that. And they think that you're nuts. And, of course, what's nuts? Not using the scripture. That, that's what nuts is. That, that's what they think you are if you come and want to debate these facts with them. They'll tell you all about 144. That's what built the pyramid. I mean, we've, we've literally known this since the 1700s. So, Brian, back to you. No, it's, I said everything I needed to say right there. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I, well, I guess mind, one last... One okay. last thing to point out, I guess, here, too, is if you take a look at on top of it in uh, Revelation 6, verse 7, um, did anybody uh, – hold up. Did I get the right chapter? No, I did not. Uh, verse 5. If you take note of the scale there, on top of it, you've also got a one-third scale. 
for the week right. for Daenerys and three fourths for Daenerys. So you have once again one third is being amplified to you, or a one to three right. scale. Exactly, ladies and gentlemen, like me and Brian have told you before, that is Mundos Novus. That's what Amerigo Vespucci called this place. He called it the New World. You can look this up in any geology textbook. That's one-third of the planet's surface. You take North, Central, South America and combine it with all of the accompanying islands, ladies and gentlemen, the Caribbean, Cuba. It's one-third. I'm not lying to you. Because that extenuates down, of course, into portions of Antarctica. It's, it's one-third. It's exactly one-third. So God's trying to tell you, and he has told you in so many ways, but to Brian and I, it's just common sense. But you get someone that don't even know the proper you know, etymology or the proper uh, Greek or Hebrew word to ask us about, we, we have no point of reference to help you. I mean, if you need a hint, you don't have a clue. You don't have a single clue. I mean, it's like an elementary student that ha- only knows mathematics walking up to a college professor and asking them about calculus. They are speaking completely different language. It's so far advanced that when an elementary school student does pick up a calculus book, they think it's it's just numbers and signs and symbols. They think it's pictures. They don't even realize it's math. I've done this before in the classroom, in church actually. (laughs) Because, ladies and gentlemen, just so you all know, I have taught all age groups at church. And in the last three churches, they would argue over me, so I would have to rotate. One Sunday, I'd have to teach the a senior Sunday school class. One Sunday, I would have to teach the adult Sunday school class. One Sunday, <laughs> they would force me to rotate. So it's pretty important that you understand that, and, and you need to at least realize what are – uh, the points of contention. If you're saying a word that makes somebody else mad, and that word was never in the Bible, and they even lie to you about which Strong's number it, it actually is, you probably shouldn't say it. You probably shouldn't approach that topic. I mean, we are commanded first and foremost not to argue. <laughs> So with all this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I know Brian and I have just thrown a whole bunch of information on your head, but now you can start actually putting a timeline together as long as you remove Revelation chapters 8 through 13. Oh, you can do it because you know exactly where you're going to be on that timeline. You're going to know before this event, everybody's in Egypt. Everybody, this whole planet has been slaved to the Ten Kings. Ladies and gentlemen, look, a mark has no value. A dollar has no value. A pesos has no value. It's all fiat currency, all of it. 
nothing has any value anymore, and you work for it, you realize that does make you a slave. He's expecting you to know that. That's why the proportion of one-third was encoded into what he said when hyperinflation would set in. And by the way, he was telling you what really does have value on that day. Just food. Just food. And you realize he has supernaturally protected the denarius. You realize it still exists right now. But anyway, that's, that's beside the point. That's getting a little bit off topic. But if you do that, you can put together your timeline. Because... What happens in between is exactly what's going on as the Israelites walk through the Red Sea. They were where they could not be. It was impossible for them to be there. So, with that in mind, I've probably uh, we've probably done a whole lot to help everybody out with the timeline. That is why the timelines that you see Brian and I post mark out this time, and we call it time topsy-turvy. That's what it is. You can't calculate time. Like I said, you need to get uh, a hold of the book of Isaiah and signal out the parallel apocalypse. It's four chapters long, and then you go several chapters, and there's more that he has to add about the millennial kingdom. But this is why all the events that we've talked about thus far, including the numbers, is included in that parallel apocalypse. We've talked about the numbering, the two different groups. That's in Isaiah chapter 26. We've talked about when God kicked us off our axis, he is going to. That's why before this event, you have numbers like um, 1,290. After the event, when time is locked into place, we go back to 360-day years. We go back to exactly 30-day months. That's why he tells you times, time and a half time. He tells you it's also 42 months, and he also tells you it's 1,260 days. Time is perfect. Creation has been set back in order because he stood up. When he stands up, all creation follows suit. Now, we have experts on the ground that's already proved most of what we've talked about. You need to look up a Dr. Paul LeViolette. He's proven it with the ice cores. He's proven it using chemical reactions that God is going to do exactly what he said. He's going to ride the cloud. And he's going to impact with Mount Paran. That's what he's going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, on Twitter today I posted a whole lot because one random local TV station uh, covered some extremely good stuff today um, here over the past week. Um, they labeled it Sunshock. They had... Uh, one uh, piece that um, was the actual preparing for the sun shock, and then the other one they did was the special report that gave you all the details. Ladies and gentlemen, this has happened before. Uh, 
gigantic electromagnetic pulse hitting this planet. Please look up the Carrington event. Only what Dr. Paula Violette has discovered is one comes from the core of the galaxy. He calls it a super wave. We cannot ingest that much power. We can't. It's going to superheat the core, which is going to split us apart. Just like he said, the Earth can only split one place where we'll, we will all survive it. Of course, that's the antipode to Mount Perron, the middle of the Pacific Ocean. When it does, I'm sure that you've all saw those uh, videos of an underwater nuclear detonation. No flames, no spo smoke, no sparks, just a huge, huge cloud of moisture that hyperventilates into a mushroom cloud. Imagine that occurring over thousands of miles. You see, because that's underneath five miles of water. The only reason why that the water at the bottom of the ocean don't freeze is because God, of course, turned H2O on its head. It's the only thing in nature that when it freezes, it actually expands. It does the exact opposite. That's what keeps it from freezing. So you can just imagine something with five miles of weight of water on top of it. So you're talking about super cold super compressed water hitting magma temperatures. And I mean white-hot magma. Imagine seeing that nuke moisture mushroom cloud occur over, let's say, 5,000 miles of ocean. Of course, what's it going to look like? What's a crack like that going to appear like? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the sky's going to recede like a scroll, just like he told you. He told you it would. Now, whether you all believed him or not is really a mute point. It's just that you probably just didn't understand what he was talking about, how he was going to do it. He told you what he was going to do in Isaiah chapter 24. You already have the data, just like an elementary math student. You have the data. You've got the calculus textbook in your hand. You just didn't understand it yet, and there's no sin in that. There's no reason to get mad at people on Facebook because you don't understand it. There's no reason to act like you're not a Christian. I mean, if you're a Christian, act like it. I mean, if you lose your patience and lose your temper... Send that person you're discoursing with a private message and do that in private. So potential Christians won't see you doing that. But this is the crux you need to understand. That those eight chapters, or those chapters, those six chapters of Revelation chapter 8 through Revelation chapter 13, time is topsy-turvy and the earth is wobbling. It's speeding up and slowing down in its rotations, in its revolutions per minute, and its rotation around the sun. God actually told you that in the parallel apocalypse, Isaiah chapter 24. I don't understand why it confuses people. He told you up front what he was going to do. Brad, why don't you talk a little bit uh, about the timeline 
and uh, how you see it, how it's going to work out, and why things happen the way they happen, I guess. Go ahead. Well, I mean, one of the key things, because we were sort of moving at strolling towards news, and I think it was kind of uh, apparent to point this out here in just the uh, first few verses concerning the craftsman in Revelation 6. You know, we brought up uh, some time back to keep an eye out for civil disrest and civil war coming up here, especially rolling towards March and a great big Prediction was released, I believe we covered last week, concerning March. Uh, actually, no, we didn't cover that on air, did we? There was an article released stating that multiple things were nope. about to transpire coming into March nope. with uh, the French elections coming up here, and they have a very far right. alt, uh, alt-right leader coming in. And we've got Sweden as well. It's got the, both of these nations have the probability of these uh, right-wing leaders coming into place that have this same nationalism, patriotism uh, coming to the table. And like I said, again, this all lands on March. Um, We just had a poll that was done in Europe that was expressing the very same thing. And this list just keeps building for days. But very one very specific place has been sort of a, signaled out to keep an eye on, and due to the fact that we have a red horse, this word can also, for red, I believe it goes back to the Hebrew, can also be the word for Aden, and that's in Yemen, folks, and if you've been paying attention to the news, Yemen has been all over it, and we've got some huge stories that have been breaking out there, and we've told people time and time again, you need to keep an eye on this place, why? Well, this is where the Queen of Sheba came from, a.k.a. the Queen of the South. And there's a whole lot of rumblings taking place there as we speak. And its timing couldn't be any more proper, I guess, is the terminology to use. Yeah, I was going to make sure that you had that during the break. No, that's one of the things we must discuss. Um, so you need to find that. Uh, find that article. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to take a break. We're going to take a 11-minute, 24-second break. We'll be right back after it. Uh, get ready uh, to cover breaking news and current, current events in the End Time Tribune. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. We'll hit the ground running. Make no mistakes.
live in a world of unknowing, of secrets, of blindness. But what if you were to find out that the very earth was crumbling beneath your feet, even as we speak? What if I were to tell you that America had deep, dark secrets kept from the public since its inception? What if unexplained phenomena had already been explained thousands of years ago? From a supposed natural disaster to fabled UFOs, it's going to be brought into the light with the one single document that is a testament to the evidence of the future history 
of this planet. The End Time Tribune brings you the news of the coming apocalypse and casts light into the future darkness. Come and see.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the End Time Tribune, covering breaking news and current events on this portion of the broadcast. It is good to be with you tonight. Uh, the Brian I is going to be covering uh, only events that's occurred since February 2nd, and it's absolutely mind-boggling. All of the uh, news we're going to cover is on my Facebook page. If you'd like to find the Brian I on Facebook, it's easy to find, End Time Tribune. It's absolutely phenomenal. I had to scroll down and scroll down and scroll down. And <clears throat> I'm just going to do one article before Brian brings us up to speed. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you need to understand that right after that broadcast we did last week, Brian was sending me messages that this white writer is not only affecting this country with the Trump effect. Oh, it's it's going deep. But to get our mind in the right place, ladies and gentlemen, here's the headline from November the 7th, okay? Lake Tahoe gained 8.7 billions, billions gallons of water in just two days. So, ladies and gentlemen, this entire event happened since our last broadcast, The Trump Effect. Now, wrap your mind around that, ladies and gentlemen. This plays back to Hapgood's original theory about what would possibly displace the crust. Ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly what he was talking about. The only thing that has enough weight is the water. That's the only thing that has enough weight to do that. Now, we, Brian and I have already covered what they're doing to the Ogola Aquifer. I had a face-to-face -face personal discussion with a gentleman that owns property in Texas. He said that the citizens of Texas don't know what's going on because these fields are out in the middle of nowhere. And every quarter of a mile, there is an irrigation pump that pumps 14,000 gallons of water per day, and they're every quarter of a mile. That's why the Brian I was talking about back in 2011, we got in contact with a well driller, and he said it was crazy. He said before the week was out, the wells had dropped another 10 feet, so he'd have to go right back and redrill them. He didn't know to tell me what was going on because this is being done out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Texas is big, ladies and gentlemen, and there's whole lots of places where people don't drive. You don't know they're there. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we're talking about. Try to wrap your mind around this. Lake Tahoe gained 72 billion pounds. 72 billion pounds. In under 48 hours. This is real. This is real. This was published in uh, Forbes, like I said, on February the 7th. This is the name of the article. Please look and find it and, and take a read for yourself. Lake Tahoe gained 8.7 billion gallons of water in just two days. Ladies and gentlemen, one gallon of water weighs over six pounds. This is exactly what Hapgood would have been looking for with his crustal displacement theory. Now that I've got your mind in the right place, that ladies and gentlemen, things are not normal. I don't care what they say. 
They're not normal. But so many things are going on politically that those that are political minded, they're ignoring the earth changes. And those people that are so earth change minded, they're completely ignoring politics. What Brian's got to share with you is all about politics, and it is critically important that you know and understand this. The Trump effect is being instigated by a craftsman whose authority covers all four corners of God's footstool. Brian? Uh, bring us up to speed on what is happening politically, please, This just this past week. Well, I did want to touch on something there quick concerning this Lake Tahoe uh, event as well. People, you don't understand the fact that your mind has been put into a spot to think in reverse due to the whole, quote-unquote, global warming thing that's been going around for years upon years on end. You have to understand when you have massive melting such as taking place in the North Pole as we speak, all of that moisture is seeded into the clouds, which turn around and pour that water back down. Now, historically speaking, there's been tons of varied studies done that have shown that those lead to ice ages. Now, years back, we covered how much an ice age comes up in end-time prophecy. So... When you see this much water suddenly dumped into Lake Tahoe, and that's what they pointed out is it was due to storms causing this. You know, and I made kind of an offhanded comment when I was talking to Matthew about this earlier in the week, not realizing this was a land-bound body of water. And then I stopped and thought about it and went, ah, direct repercussions of all the melting happening in Antarctica. If you got anything to add in there, Matthew? Well, sure. I mean, I'll go ahead and cover my my next article, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is the name of the article, Beyond the Extreme. Scientists marvel at increasingly non-natural Arctic warmth. Now, Brian and I talked to you about this last week that, ladies and gentlemen, last week broadcast during the Trump effect, we alerted everybody that, It was warmer in Syria. It was warmer in Greece than it was at the North Pole. The North Pole, they stated, was 76 degrees hotter than it was supposed to be. Well, this is is getting disturbing. Um, The... Director of the National Snow and Ice Data Center in Boulder, Colorado, is worried. You read this article, and he's scared. This, ladies and gentlemen, I I hate doing this. I hate making references to the entertainment industry, but Brian has talked about this. So I'm going to bring it up. Because it has an impact on your mind when you were watching it. But the movie The Day After Tomorrow. The emotional responses that happened whenever the Atlantic buoy started warming up. And it got the scientists' attention, remember? And they got all of the students and the the director there. 
and of course called the main character. And at the end of the day, they knew they were going to die because there was no way out. It hit them so fast. I'm going to read to you from this article. And it says the exact thing that happened in that movie. December 2016, weather buoy near North Pole hits melting point. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let people lie to you. It's right here in this article. That's never happened before. Okay? It's, it's never happened before. You can see they keep in this chart from 2016. It starts from September and goes to June, and the number of days freezing just crashed. It just kept getting warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer and, and warmer and warmer and warmer. Look, this is what the director added. He said that this illustrates a stunning lack of freezing power over the Arctic. This is happening now, he added. Not in 50 or 100 years. Now. That's his direct quote. This is also a direct quote. This is another smoking gun pointing to rapid climate change, he said. Ladies and gentlemen, when Ladies and gentlemen, when the director of the National Snow and Ice Data Center in Boulder, Colorado, is telling you, no, 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 it's not that this is abnormal. This has never happened before. We've actually had weather buoys at the North Pole hit their melting point. He's scared for a reason. And it's no joke. This is absolutely no laughing matter. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just today, I would have to scroll all the way back up and lose my place on Facebook. Um... Because there's so much here. Um, maybe I can try Twitter. I think I did a, a more recent post on that, but I think it would take me a while to scroll down that far, too. There was so much news to cover, so many important things. But um, while Brian's talking about the political issues, I'll look for it. There was people, they couldn't hide it because people in the desert was taking video footage on their cell phones of it snowing. Today, the headline was that I posted that in Qatar, it was only 34 degrees. Ladies and gentlemen, that's that's impossible, okay? We just had New York City. This is this is real. One day they broke the temperature records. It was so warm. 
the very next day they got, I think, a foot of snow. It was 9 to 10 inches, I think, no, 9 to 12 inches of snow. The next day within 24 hours. That leads to me to believe scientifically that Well, I don't know if I want to say this or not because I'll probably make a whole lot of people nervous. You know, heat retention is very important, ladies and gentlemen. This is historically, scientifically known. If you take a pot of boiling water in a 70-degree temperature room, you get it to boiling. It's supposed to take a particular, an exact amount of time before it reaches room temperature again. I think that's wearing out. That's the only thing that could possibly explain these massive temperature differentials we're having on a day-to-day basis. The Earth is not retaining her heat and her cold. Let, Let me try to explain what I'm saying. We know scientifically that if you induce, let's say, 120 BTUs to one gallon of water, that's a mathematical formula, and that water will boil in a certain period of time if supplied with a constant 120 BTUs. What I'm trying to tell you is that time has changed, that the earth is wearing out like a garment. In order for that to happen, God's patience must be wearing thin because that's what regulates the laws of physics, ladies and gentlemen. Now look, if that be true, I'm not sure how to console you because personally I don't think I should. The only thing I really think I could possibly tell you that could help you would be to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the only thing I could do to help you. But Brian, we need to talk about politics before we get too far off the beaten path because we're really running. We've only got 33 minutes left. We've got tons of news to cover, so go for it, man. Well, and when you refer to politics, almost I'd almost prefer to use the world stage terminology here because we're definitely not going to be focusing just on the U.S. folks. Um, for the listeners out there, I want you to do something. Uh, If you're listening now or listening later, just do a nice little uh, search for EU collapse. This has been a major warning that's been going on all throughout the week. And there was one specific story I brought up because it mentioned 70 years. But Europe on brink of war, top diplomat warns EU must act now to prevent World War III. And in the subtitle here, Europe faces the threat of war as the EU tears itself apart. And pay attention, and a new world order sweeps across the continent, a top diplomat has warned. Hmm. Bureaucracy is on the verge of collapse and is being eroded by the rising tide of far-right parties who will spell an end to the EU, according to German politician Horst Teltschick. War looms if the EU collapses if the Union has served As a guarantor for peace across the continent for 70 years, the former advisor to the German Chancellor warned. He said the Brexit has played a key role 
in starting the disintegration of the EU, which is being shredded by the Eurozone crisis as the currency tumbles. Mr. Teshnik said European integration was the peacemaking response of the Europeans to the catastrophe of two world wars. No generation in Europe has ever been able to live in peace, freedom, and prosperity for 70 years. We are witnessing an erosion of the EU with the Euro crisis. Now, everybody pay attention here with the Brexit and the emergence of populist movements in France, the Netherlands, Germany, Austria, Italy, and the authoritarian eastern neighbors, especially in Poland, Hungary, and Romania. Remember what I said about that red horse, folks. We had this was released on the 5th. Iran official. Missiles need only seven minutes to hit Tel Aviv. Mojdabaz Ornor threatens attack on Israel if U.S. launches military strike on the Islamic Republic. This was a big one that started popping up all over the news last week. Well, Israel annexed Palestinian territories as they continue to violate the UN mandate that was set forth on, I believe it was December 29th, I can't, or was that the one in January, Matthew? I can't recall. Nonetheless, they've just bypassed it and started building settlements all over the place, and the entire Middle East is up in arms. We have another article here, True Significance of Israel Settlement Legalization Law. goes into the same thing. I'll come back to that one in a moment. UN to set defer report on companies with Israeli settlement ties because they're already planning on putting embargoes into effect because of these actions. We'll come back to that one. Yes, I'm uh, skipping all the Trump effect ones for the moment. Now, we had a big one break out in the middle of the week, and it went right past most people. At least I noticed. Uh, all within the span of about, what was that, Matthew, 12 hours? On February 8th, I was literally in shock with all the stories yeah. that came forward that I saw. This was just yeah, in a very a, short time span. So the first thing that happened there was the Iron Dome intercepts multiple rockets fired from Sinai over Iliat. The missiles came flying out of Egypt, essentially, folks. And then within hours, ISIS claimed responsibility for these rockets that were fired. Let's see here. What do we have here? Ignoring... Okay, now we're going to stop and touch on this for a moment, folks, because we need to kind of kick this one in the teeth. Ignoring White House warnings, Iran test fires another missile. Now, folks, I want you to pay attention to who was behind this story. Iran test fired another surface-to-air missile Wednesday, officials told Fox News. This test was just the last that occurred outside Semen, about 140 miles East of Tehran. Now, folks, I'm sorry, but the second that I see that news site mentioned, I tend to disregard immediately. Here's why. Now, another story came out, uh, I believe this one was released yesterday or the day before. 
Uh, we're going on to the Trump effect now. Desperate Trump's desperate search for a rice tag fire. Now, in this article, they point out well, the fact that they're looking for a quote-unquote incident and the article we covered last week with his new um, Steve Bannon in office with that cycle looking for a flashpot, essentially, to bring forward their quote-unquote new world order, doing away with the old to bring in a new setup. Right here, this article points out that we had a Canadian mosque bombing over the course of the last couple of weeks. Now, immediately, Fox News came forward and said a Moroccan Muslim was behind this attack when it turned out that it was a white supremacist that had been responsible for this attack. So this is multiple times now in the same week that Fox News has released information that is not true. Let's move past that one now. We just covered that. All right, we covered that one. On to this. This goes hand in hand with what I was referring to with the EU. Majority of Europeans support Trump-style travel ban survey shows. And they surveyed 10,000 people from 10 European countries. And once again, we have more on the settlement laws. Uh, M.K. Zobai offers to help ICC indict Netanyahu over settlements law. Now we're going to hit on Yemen. Yemen says no to U.S. troops. Trump says yes to Saudi Arabia arms sales. And this is a site that I've been following on the social network uh, called geopoliticsalert.com. And I checked all their source material, and here it is. Yemen withdraws permission for U.S. interior ground missions. This is out of the New York Times. Trump to approve weapons packages to Saudi Arabia. And again, the story backing that one out of the Washington Times. Trump to approve weapon packages to Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, that were blocked by Obama. And I just hit through all those at lightning speed, just giving the um, headlines on those. Now, what did you want to maybe touch on there, Matthew, in the midst of all those? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, You mentioned we had... uh, What about all the scandals that have been coming to light uh, concerning Netanyahu? And ladies and gentlemen... You know, let me just add this fuel to the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Jerusalem Post, and this is the headline, and, and it's no lie. This this is real. This came out today. Bennett, if Trump and Netanyahu discuss Palestinian state, the earth will shake. That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote, ladies and gentlemen. That's a direct quote. Yep, saw that earlier. So, ladies and gentlemen, you you have to understand that this Trump effect runs deep because within hours uh, uh, of this stirring occurred in Israel, and uh, 
they said, to heck with the UN resolution. We're going to approve thousands more settlements. Ladies and gentlemen, this ain't going nowhere good, and it's going nowhere good really, really quick. I mean, the amount of articles I got to cover is is phenomenal. I didn't want to touch on political things too much, but ladies and gentlemen, I just read to you the headline from the Jerusalem Post. This was not from some Crusader blog site. This is real. Bennett is the head of one of the political parties in Israel. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. That's his direct quote. The earth would shake if Trump and Netanyahu discuss a two-state solution. Probably because he knows his Bible prophecy. But... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I've got to crash into things that I need to cover because th this is really real. Brian and I missed it. This was uh, these comments came up. Uh, I posted this article February the seventh. Stargazers feast Friday. Three not three sites in one night. Um, at the same time of a lunar eclipse, ladies and gentlemen, a green comet. Uh, with the nomenclature of 45P, was sweeping through the constellation Hercules at the exact same time. And I'm going to be quite honest with you how important Facebook can be. I posted this, and literally, I just posted it, and I was busy doing other things. I was writing a post uh, for uh, intimetribune.blogspot.com and my... Um, my one on WordPress, so I was busy. But a sibling comes in here, one of our sisters, and she says, so the moon looks like it's going to be on the left paw of Leo. And I was in the middle of writing, so I see the little notification come up, so I look at it, and I don't want her to think I'm ignoring me, or ignoring her, so I say, hmm, let me take a gander. And uh, that was at lunchtime. Because I knew my wife was in there getting me something to eat, so I did. And I, when I come back, I shut off the blog post so I could concentrate on, you know, what she thought was important. Because the only reason why she thought it was important was because Brian and I have told her that it's important. And while I'm eating lunch, I think to myself, now, let me see. From the Foundation Stone, because that's the only important place on the planet. It's from that place that... God gives you the calculations for Noah's North and South Pole, by the way. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, Hercules would be directly over the foundation stone. And this eclipse would trigger exactly when Leo's paw touched the horizon. In Israel, you wouldn't see it at all. It would begin as soon as Leo's paw touched the ground. Well, I go into Stellarium uh, to confirm, and sure enough, it, it was true, so I posted. I went ahead and took a screenshot of it and sent it uh, to Jennifer. So, yeah, 
the poll's right on the horizon. I know what that means, and you know we we've talked about that before. So I went to one of my resources, and sure enough, I checked the article, and it did say 45p. That was the comet that was going to be in Hercules. And then I got nervous. So then I brought up my other program to check at a right angle. And believe me, I have the program that will take a direct angle. And you need to be friendly on Facebook if you want to see these things, because I posted the screenshots of the program with the coordinates set to the foundation stone. And that green comet was exactly overhead. So I immediately sent word out to my sisters, well, what on earth would this comet want to stand over the foundation stone and observe what what is possibly going on in Israel right now? Of course, Deborah sent this, and the imagery was shocking to me because she said there's only one breaking news that's happening. Everything else is just reiterations from other things that's going on. This is the name of the article. These demonstrators are desecrating God's name. And the picture, and I'm not lying to you, is an officer riding a horse through the middle of a crowd of Orthodox rabbis. And my sister said, this was released just just minutes ago. So I'm going to read from this article. Uh, This is what that green comet was witnessing One of the events, I don't know all the events, but this is one of them. Deputy Defense Minister Rabbi Ben-Duan slammed the Haredi demonstrators against enlistment in the IDF, which have occurred around the country this week. He criticized the movement uh, led by a different rabbi that is staunchly opposed to the Haredi enlistment in the IDF for instigating the protests and riots which have blocked roads, led to injuries, several police officers, and led to dozens of arrests of rioters. There is no decree of recruitment, the rabbi said. Everyone who wants to study Torah can study Torah. We are talking about those who walk around the streets and do not study Torah. They are using the Torah to act in such a way which is contrary to it. They are trying to sanctify God's name, but they are really desecrating his name. They are turning the Torah into a tool for hurting others, the rabbi continued. So you can just imagine what the streets were like after these events took place. When the protesters, when the Orthodox rabbis heard uh, this statement from the defense minister, why wasn't this on CNN? There's all kinds of videos, and it was ballistic on the ground. The mounted officers were in riot gear. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not lying to you. You can ask Brian. There's pictures in this article of the horses having plating covering their the crown of their nose just in case they get hit. What I'm trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you can see throughout these pictures that the horses are in riot gear too. And I find it rather disturbing to me that every one of them is black. 
This picture has two horses in it. These riot horses are both black. Um, you scroll up to the other pictures. You look through some of the videos that are not in English. I don't have an explanation for this. I don't know if this is exclusively used, but ladies and gentlemen, all these riot horses were black and clad in riot attire. Um, these Orthodox rabbis were going ballistic. Now, like I said, I don't know what other implications there were on this very day, whatever that green comet was uh, being assigned, displayed for uh, the Temple Mount was. But, like I said, there was no way for me and Brian to cover it because we found out, you know, as it happened. So we didn't, there was no way for us to post anything on it as far as celestial somology is concerned. So... Yeah, did you want to add something, Brian? Well, I was just going to bring in the twofold ramifications of, especially concerning the fact that they used the, uh, you know, the visual representation of a horse there. But we've warned people to keep an eye out for these green comets. And this uh, 45P, this was a, for lack of better terms, a monstrosity in the heavens. It really flared up something fierce before it was. Uh, before it was uh, at Peregrine, towards its closest to the sun earlier in the week. And I have time and time again have tried to point this out to people. In ancient times, especially the Chinese, they referred to these as vile stars. Why did they call it this? Because it was known to bring disease or pestilence in its mix. So w that was telling me when I looked at those pictures you sent last night, this has twofold ramifications. Not only is it pointing out the time we're in, but it's pointing out what is to come when that fourth rider comes in as well. Right. I agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're, you know, my goodness, we're down in 13 minutes. I can't wait. Um, there's another post that come out. Uh, a crack in the Arctic ice shelf grew 17 miles in the last two months. Now, like I said, I posted this photo in the comments, so it's not in – if you go to my photos, you can't see it because I do this stuff on the comments so people can learn. I posted the exact coordinates for Noah South Pole, ladies and gentlemen, and um, you can plainly see it. It's in high def. You can plainly see when you switch back to the article where uh, the crack is. It's exactly where it's supposed to be, ladies and gentlemen. I'm I'm not joking. Now, um, to the article itself, um, released uh, February the seventh, of course, in the New York Times, a rapidly advancing crack in Antarctica's fourth largest ice shelf has scientists concerned that it's getting close to a full break. The rift has accelerated this year in an area already vulnerable to warming temperatures. Since December, the crack has grown by the length of about five football fields each day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is on the Larson Ice Shelf. 
it literally reaches around and cradles Noah's North or Noah's South Pole. It's growing five football fields a day. And when it breaks off and floats out, it's literally going to cover Noah's South Pole. But, ladies and gentlemen, this crack is 900 feet wide. Continuing on in the article, the iceberg is likely to break free within the next few months, said Adrian Luckman of Sea University in Wales, who is a lead researcher for Project Midas. The rift tip has moved from one region of likely softer rise to another, which explains its stepwise progress. You see, ladies and gentlemen, he called it a stepwise process because now you can literally run a stopwatch by it. It's just... And, of course, they have a GIF here showing it. It's cracking at a geometric rate. They've already calculated that the crack reaches all the way to the bottom of the ice shelf. The crack in Larson Sea is a third of a mile deep down to the floor of the ice shelf itself. So it is the whole thing breaking off, and it is going to come through. So I've posted that picture in the comments if you'd like to take a look at it. Um just uh, send me a friend request on Facebook, and and I'll I'll most certainly accept your request. Oh, we're down to ten minutes. Okay, um, this was released February the eighth, ladies and gentlemen. Thousands of bees wash ashore on Naples Beach, and this is just beyond the pale. Um, thousands of Dead and dying bees are washing up on a popular beach in southern Florida. Naples beachgoers uh, had to watch where they stepped Tuesday after some people say they had been stung just along the seashore, according to an NBC affiliate. This is just off the charts. It, it's off the charts. Ladies and gentlemen, why are they washing? I, I you know what? I I don't even know. I don't have the time to speculate uh, about this. Um, this uh, post was from uh, our buddy Gary over on the Big Wobble. Uh, next post, uh, he posted this the next day on the eighth. Massive sinkhole that swallowed uh, 250 million gallons of radioactive water drained into the aquifer system, which supplies drinking water. Two millions of Americans. St. in Florida, has swallowed 250 million gallons of radioactive water, leaving residents fearing to shower. The sinkhole is now in the process of getting filled in the massive sinkhole at a Florida fertilizer plant that swallowed more than 2 million gall- gallons of radioactive water is now in the process of being filled. Oh joy, I might add. The toxic sinkhole that opened up at the Mosaic's New Wells plant in Mulberry, Florida, is being sealed by a concrete mixture. That's just mean it's being capped, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is real. This is this is real. 
Uh, video taken from WFTS TV's helicopter last week showed a built-up ring around the hole as crews have begun pumping the mixture inside. The sinkhole, which measures 45 feet in diameter and is 300 feet deep, opened up beneath a pile of waste material at Mosaic, the world's largest supplier of phosphate. The Daily Mail reported the storage pond containing 215 million gallons of radioactive water set atop the waste mineral pile and drained into the aquifer system. Lord have mercy, which supplies the drinking water to millions of residents. Aquifers are vast. Underground systems of porous rocks that hold water and allow it to move through the holes within the rock. Since then, the workers and contractors have been trying to figure out the best way to stabilize and fill the hole. The Floridian Aquifer, one of the highest producing in the world, oh Lord have mercy, is a principal source of groundwater for most of the state and extends into southern Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we have siblings in Alabama. I hope he's not been affected. I, I don't. I don't even know what to say about this. Why wasn't this all over CNN? I, I'm not sure. Um, let's see here. Um, wow, I'm just blown away by what I just read. That's why I wanted to wait and read it till I uh, was on air. Just okay. Uh, more cracking. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this was posted by way of video. Uh, you can't find it in English. Uh, I tried, but this was posted uh, on a Pakistani site. Giant crack in the ground forms in Pakistan that is hundreds of miles long. Uh, a large fissure has opened in Pakistan over the past few days, alarming residents and sending professionals to spin mode for explanations. Why would they say that? Sending professionals into spin mode. The crack is incorrectly being blamed on rain and flooding. <laughs> Obviously, no water is present, and the fissure hasn't formed due to an underground river either. We can tell the fissure is seismic related due to the shape, length, and depth of the tear in the crust. Additionally, the fissure's formation followed the longest earthquake to strike Pakistan in months which struck a, struck a few days ago here at the start of February 2017. And, of course, all the videos, you can't understand what they're saying, but there's a massive amount of them. Uh, this thing is, ladies and gentlemen, it's hundreds of miles long. So everybody is going to their you know, place where they're at and taking their iPhones and video recording it, and it can't be stopped. Now, the news just isn't reporting it, these people are just doing it their own, uh, their own self. This thing is hundreds of miles long. Okay? So something is terribly wrong. It's. Wow. Um, 
I was going to talk about the migration route, but this is too important not to not not to cover. I kind of have to study this, or I have to cover this. This this broke this week, ladies and gentlemen. There is there are people uh, in Israel. Uh, they run the site called Facing Each Other: Judaism and Christianity, and he is openly telling everybody that he wants to give Jesus a second trial and find him to be not guilty. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever dealt as much with Orthodox Jews as I had, you know this is just enough to knock you out. You look at Jerusalem Channel TV, you post the article, and in the background they have a miniature replica of the Ark of the Covenant as he's speaking. And the hat that he's wearing on its head, it has... Ladies and gentlemen, he is overtly wanting you to see the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire with the hat he's wearing. Um, just absolutely off the chart. Uh, the website for this group is facingeachother.com. Um, just off the charts, man. I'm bet I'm down. Oh my goodness, I'm down to two minutes. I, I can't even cover it. Uh, but anyway, uh, I strongly suggest that you, you look this up. Uh, it's massively important, but we're down to uh, we're down to two minutes. So we're going to have to let you go, and the rest of the news is just going to have to – you're going to have to get it on either our Facebook or our Twitter. Off the charts, everything we covered, Brian, um, this truly has been the End Time Tribune. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I strongly suggest, uh, that you find us where you can, uh, Biblicating the Bride is on TalkShoe, uh, we're on Spreaker now, and of course this format, we're doing everything we can. I mean, I know Brian's probably still mad at me, he hasn't said anything, but why do you want to do a Spreaker based on Facebook post? Well, that's why, because the Lord our God is with us, and you need to know this right now. He blesses the Brian eye when we go in and when we come out. I can turn the tables around and use this to my advantage, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I know that's going to make my enemy even matter, but oh well, so be it. He's already jealous, and he should be. So as for me, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, God bless, God speed. Uh, Brian, say goodbye and take us out of here. All right, thanks everyone for joining us. I. God bless.